Finding a Voice here on uh, CFRC 101.9 FM. We are located in Lower Carruthers Hall, Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario. My name is Bruce, and this is Finding a Voice Spoken Word Program, airing here every Friday afternoon from 4 to 6 o'clock. We do stream live online as well at www.cfrc.ca. And in the first hour from the first round of the January 7th, and the journey continues open mic reading in that monthly series. You'll hear the full of that first round with readings by Ron Chase, Tia Lunn, Nuard Tadavasian, Leanne Terrace, Sasha Hill, Sarah Emtage, Meg Freer, Bob McKenzie, Mike Castile, Michael Castiles, Karma Nichiforo, Dale Tracy, Allison Wong, Ken Shin, Quentin Kerr, Layla. Paveo Chisamore, Ragani Singh, Corey Toke, Eric Folsom, Jordan Lane, and then myself. And then in the second hour, I'm not going to go through all the names again. You're essentially going to hear all of them in the second round, in the second hour. And uh, again, uh, well, I'll go into that in a minute. But this first, uh, the usual hourly announcement, occasionally some poetry, spoken word, or music played on this show may contain strong language. But it's all uh, played in its entirety with content unedited to honor the creative integrity of both the author and the piece. And just getting set up here. I think we're okay. Uh, so up first, and again, uh, the reason for the long name or the long list of names is, again, because th these readings are now done in the round. So it's a, one poem per poet uh, and... Uh, there's a sign-up sheet, and as we go through it, uh, what I'll usually do is uh, bunch up uh, usually around four uh, readers in a little grouping and air them this way, but they're all, each poet reads one poem and then sits down and hands, essentially hands the mic off to the next performer. So... Again, we're going to go into the January 7th and the Journey Continues open mic reading in that monthly series held at the Elm Cafe. And up first in the first round that evening, uh, you're going to hear readings by Ron Chase, Tia Lunn, Nuard Tadavasian, and Leanne Terrace. And here we go. Can you hear all the way in the back? Yeah. Perfect. I will suggest I changed it a little bit. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing when it comes to sound systems, but I turned the gain up, and it seems because of that you can actually, you don't have to kiss the mic anymore. In fact, if you do that, it's going to be way too loud. So you can stand back a little from the mic. So uh, you know what? Uh, two years ago, we started here. That's hard to believe. So this is our second anniversary here at the Yelp Cafe. So let's give them a hand for this case. And give Andy a hand as well for taking care of us tonight. Well, that's, that's gone. Everything's gone. 
Chad, Chad, Chad. Is that better? Yeah. Is that better? You yeah. sure? Yeah. Cool. So anyway, let's bring up first Ron Chase. The wall. He watched her walk into the same wall over and over. He cried out to her. He reasoned with her. He put up a sign with oversized black letters and a clear, readable font. But she did it again. He could only wince and watch and help her get back up. It became more and more difficult for him to blame the wall. As we bring up Tia Lana, let's give Ron Chase another hand. This is called One Day I'd Love to Shut Up. Sometimes I wake up feeling like my dad needs to drive me to the bus stop so I can get to my grade 11 co-op placement where I will spend half the time in the bathroom, staring at my body in the mirror like an object. And by now, so much of what happened then has died, both literally and figuratively, marked by the annual memoriams on Facebook, or the scale I hide in plain view, or the weeks we go without talking at all. Each teenage year poured straight through my brain, but for these things that inexplicably stick like whole grapes in a sieve. Still, I can only drive through that neighborhood if I bring along a baseball bat brandished towards everything inside me, get back, get down, stay down. Still. I don't like my body, how it looks, or what it does. What else am I left with? I confess, I never learned how to be myself by myself without someone else, so I have to relearn how to do everything, all over again, alone. My own sense of reality and absent mother. There's too much I'll never know. So if you let me, I'll keep talking until halfway through a sentence I stop and recognize something in me that still wants to make you cry. We'll never quite get there, will we? As we bring up uh, Noir Tedavasi, and let's give Tia Lana another hand. Caledonia return for pear and perfumes. All 
your matted furs shorn because one man caught you and crystallized your wings, your limbs gone heavy with sweetness. As we bring up Leanne Tar uh, Taras, let's give Noor Tanavasian another hand. delicate balance, teetering along a balance wire high up over a spinning carousel, cautious yet still shaky in this precarious act of danger and folly. You're no experienced acrobat, lightheaded and dizzy. You were never accustomed to such risky heights, determined to reach balance and grace in the embracing air. Sasha Hill, let's give Leon Taras another hand. And you just, I threw myself off there. I was waiting for Sasha to come on. She comes on next, just so you know. But uh, you just heard uh, readings uh, or uh, readings by uh, Ron Ch Chase, Tia Lunn. Uh, Noir uh, Tadavasian and Leanne Terrace. In the first round of the January 7th and the Journey Continues monthly open mic reading. And uh, coming up next from it, you are going to hear readings or performances by, again, Sasha Hill, Sarah Emtish, Meg Freer, and Bob McKenzie. Let's go ahead and bring them up now. So I have a song called Wake Up, It's a Whiteout. It's on all streaming platforms, so it's an official song. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's what I'm going to perform right now. Is the music level okay? Can you hear it? Yeah? Okay. Waiting on it for another hit. Another hit. And could I ever see? 
Thank you. As we bring up Sarah Amtage, let's give Sasha Hill another hand. When I, where I put my name on the list because I'm like, that's a really hard act to follow. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. uh, this is called Gleam. It is not what you think. Words are not merely ink. There's a crack in the myth you are wandering with. What you long for is actually there. It is not what it seems. There's a gleam in your dreams, and there is light in the seams of the world. Thank you. And let's bring up Meg Freer as we give Sarah Hamtage another hand. This was not planned, but this poem was actually written for a friend of mine, a local artist who's sitting right there, Erica Olson. Uh, anyway, you'll see why it's a poem for her. Process. She smooths dust off the table, balances and creates palettes, recipes, and techniques to evoke a teapot's aggressive spout, a lion's green husk snug to corn kernels, prepares sumac, for its still-life moment. She cuts a lime in half, chooses green for rind and segments, green for purity. She squeezes the last bit of paint out of the tube with a pasta roller, white for hope, white for membranes like spokes, narrow ribbons of safety that trace paths to the future from the painting above my desk. Bob McKenzie, let's give Meg Freer another hand. Okay, I've just come off 11 or 12 days of terrible cold, laid up in bed, so you get whatever you get. Um, so I decided to read from this book, which is from a few years ago. Uh, and is actually an updated version of a book that's from several decades ago. So it's all old stuff. And it's all song lyrics from Poem to Terror. And if anyone's interested, I brought this and two other books that I'm happy to sell to you at a great discount. I also brought a Poem to Terror CD that I'm happy to sell to you. <clears throat> this is a poem that was an untitled poem with music written by Scylla Lee, who's brilliant, a long time ago and became poem to Tear's Dandelion Song. You and I were friends once, singing wide-eyed love songs, loving two for oneness, you and I in our dance. Clouds were painted fluffball lion's manes and breezes, drifting parachutists, breaking up old friendships. 
Rain today recalls you, storms so long ago now. Where are your eyes, love? Why, as the clouds are melting? Thank you. As we bring up Michael Castiles, let's give Bob McKenzie another hand. And you just heard in this order, uh, Sasha Hill, Sarah Emtish, Meg Freer, and Bob McKenzie. And uh, those were in, again, the first round of the January 7th. And the journey continues open mic reading in that monthly series. And again, held at the Elm Cafe. Up next from it, you're going to hear readings by Michael Castiles, Carmen Chaforo, uh, Dale Tracy, and Ellison Wong. So I'm going to read uh, a chapter from a novel that I've been working on. Um, you don't really need to know anything about what's going on at this point. So it's uh, chapter 45. I told you I'd be there soon, but something came up. You're not going to believe it. I was in the graveyard digging. I was in a sandcastle building a castle. I was in a sandbox building a castle. I was lost in the same forest I was lost in when I ran away from home. My watch seized. I tapped its face, but its hands remained motionless. The map I planned to use got buried in sand, and then I couldn't find it. I was swimming in the lake, and the undertow kept tugging on my feet. I was out of breath. I couldn't find a street sign. Somehow, the doorknob got reversed, and I was locked inside my own house. Somehow, the lights went out. I crossed the parking lot and found a trail of blood. I was out of bounds and called out for it. I was only a child. You were, too. You're the one who said it. Time never changes, but everything else does. The refrigerator idled while inside everything decayed, but slowly. I opened the door, but couldn't decide. I withdrew the milk, freshly squeezed, rotten to the core, perfectly ripe. I kept digging. The pile kept growing. Every tree was exactly the same. I stubbed my toe on the coffee table, and my life flashed. I was only a child. You were in a nursing home, forgetting me. I was an old man with false teeth. You hadn't been born yet. You glanced in the mirror. I jumped back in shock, but when I looked again, it was just me all along. I was in a movie. The scene went like this. The hole was knee-deep, and I jabbed the spade into the earth, stepped onto it with my heel. The stray cat emerged from the collective dark. The treetops swayed in unison. My car engulfed in flames. I knew I'd be late. I knew I should call. But I wasn't tall enough to reach the phone, and you'd been dead for a decade or more. I picked up the phone and said, Season's greetings, though the summer sun is shown. I searched my pockets and found a hole, but not the key. The further I dug, the harder the earth became. I opened the window and looked down at the lake. The hands on my watch were moving, but counterclockwise. I told you I'd be there soon, but tomorrow has already passed. And yesterday is just around the corner. Thank you. 
uh, we bring up Karma Nitschaforo, I think I said that right. Let's give Michael Castillo's another hand. Tracy, let's give Carmen Nichaparro another hand. Shoreline stabilization. Almost a moss, the growing sameness complicating surfaces with immeasurable and commensurate nodes and tentacles. We could imagine we're all writing, but we'd all be imagining wrong. The impersonal is usually the self in others' clothing. The poem wants no author, but how else will you tell us apart? Tell us our parts. In 2,000 years, the moss will rock in soft footprints as peopleless facts. Do we already know which impressions last? I put an invitation in a tree and take it out for me, stamped by sap and signed by leaf. At a certain point before I knew it, I began. From one incompatible neural system to another, births as incomparable as the day is long. Thanks. As we bring up Ellison Wong, let's give Dale Tracy another hand. get smaller as I fall, and I have a feeling that once I land, it won't look so high up after all. January is butterflies in my stomach after finally leaping off the diving board I've spent years towing the edge of. I guess what I'm saying is I finally met gravity in person, and you know what? 
they aren't as terrifying as I thought they'd be. I'll admit, it feels nice to set wheels into motion you can't take back. I am falling through open air, but hey, if you jump from high enough, it doesn't matter if you're falling up or down because it all looks the same. You're going somewhere, which is the important part. Before you learn to stand, you've got to learn to fall. So, January, thanks for letting me fall. As we bring up Ken Chin, let's give Allison Wong another hand. And you just heard, I never really know where to break that. Uh, yeah, I think it's still better this way. Uh, you know, Ken Chin's coming up at some point. So uh, at least he gets a, like a, whoever it is, the first person gets a little pre-introduction. So you just heard, though, Michael Castile's Carmen Nichiforo, uh, Dale Tracy, and Allison Wong, again, in the first round of the January 7th. And the journey continues monthly open mic reading you know what, I probably should do this, and uh, then I'll be right back. Folk Everything, every Saturday morning from 10 till noon on CFRC. Traditional folk, modern folk, future folk, and strange deviations from the norm. Hear the legacy of folk music and discover new favorites and forgotten classics on Folk Everything. Join me every Saturday morning at 10 for a romp through folk culture. Here on CFRC. Says Red Mullet to James. That's a fine motorbike. I mean, if there's a listener-supported radio station, you're, it means that people can get daily, every day, a different way of looking at the world. Not just what the corporate media want you to see, but a different picture, a different understanding, but a different picture different understanding. Not only can you hear it, but you can participate in it. You can add your own thoughts, you know, and you can learn something and so on. Well, that's the way, uh, well, that's the way, uh, well, that's the way uh, people become uh, human, you know. That's the way you become human participants in a, in a social and political system. Friday evenings at 6 p.m. here on CFRC, listen to Saltwater Music, a show covering all musical genres from the East Coast of Canada. Celtic, of course, but also rock, jazz, blues, folk, and a lot more. I'm your host, Rob Carnell. Tune in to Saltwater Music Friday evening from 6 to 8 here on CFRC 101.9 FM. Or you can catch us on the web at www.cfrc.ca. And for our listeners out east, that's 7 p.m. Atlantic and 7.30 Newfoundland. The staff at Martha's Table provides a caring place where people in need can have nutritious meal for only $1. Now you can get involved in this great cause. Martha's Table is looking for volunteers to help in the kitchen, at the drop-in center, picking up food, or even being a friendly face at fundraising events. Volunteer orientation is every Thursday at 4.30 in the drop-in center, and volunteers must be 14 years of age or older. You can donate using a credit card through marthastable.ca, or you can send your donation by mail, cash, check, or bank draft. Martha's Table, 629 Princess Street, it's volunteering, donating, or anything else that you can offer Martha's Table, visit their website, marthastable.ca. And you are listening to Finding a Voice here on CFRC 101.9 FM. Again, we are located in Lower Carruthers Hall, Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario. My name is Bruce, and here every Friday afternoon from 4 to 6, 
We do stream live online as well at www.cfrc.ca. And I just realized the other day that this show is going to be 10 years old in May, so that doesn't seem possible to me at all, but that's pretty cool. I must They, they say time flies and you're having a good time, so apparently I'm having a good time. So uh, What I am going to do, though, it made me think back. I used to... There have been so many things. It's been a, it's been a very busy city uh, as far as lit events and uh, trying to get everything aired as quickly as possible. Uh, and I will continue to do that. Uh, and it's a beautiful thing. That way, I'm not complaining at all. It's a beautiful thing that we have all these literary. Kingston is definitely a very literary city. Uh, so it's nice to have all of that. But it's this time of year it kind of slows down a little bit and uh, gives me a chance to go back to like it was way back 10 years ago i used to include a little more music on the show and i kind of miss that so at least during certain seasons or maybe even more often than that i'm gonna start trying to work a little more music into the show uh, and you, sometimes as many as a couple of songs an hour. And uh, I'm going to do that today. I found uh, it's a CD I have, and uh, Tears for Fears actually uh, is mo- while well, they created the song, and I think back in the early 80s. But uh, in 2006, Sarah Hickman did a version of Mad World that I think is just wonderful. And... Uh, I'm going to play that one instead. So here you go, Sarah Hickman with Mad World. All around me 
just heard Sarah Hickman's cover of uh, Mad World. And you are listening to Finding a Voice here on CFRC 101.9 FM. And let's go ahead and move back into the January 7th and the Journey Continues open mic reading in that monthly series. And uh, you can hear readings by, remember, I mentioned Ken Chin in the recording a while back. Yeah, well, you're going to hear readings by Ken Chin, Quentin Kerr, and Leila Pavea Chismore. Here you go. Extinction. Raging winds, garbage blown down the street. Sky looking ominously gray. Temperatures dropping daily. No white snow on the ground. Nothing to cover up the decaying remains of a summer gone away. Not a good way to start a new year or to end a tumultuous decade. Technology taking us to a better world turns out to be a lie. When driven by power and greed, whatever you sow, you shall also reap. The leaders that we look up to, those movers and shakers who control the world, like dinosaurs with their heads in the sand, in the face of imminent danger, refuse to see, much less do anything at all. Those who could see a better world, those who have the most to lose, the children of today scolding world leaders, how dare you mess up my world? How could you threaten my future? Young voices facing dead man faces, were ridiculed or ignored. I was in Vancouver when the Rainbow Warrior sailed into Burrard Inlet. They didn't listen 50 years ago. You're not listening now. Were they driven by greed, bribed by big industry, or using fossil fuels for so long they're incapable of change? Whatever the reason, like racism, homophobia, misogyny, and the desire to own unnecessary firearms. The ingrained beliefs of world leaders will not change. A whole generation need to die off first before real change can come. Every day it's in the media about how polluted and messed up the planet is. Not like we were taken by surprise. The warnings were there for over 50 years, and now the price must be paid. God cleansed the world by, far, by water the first time. This time, we are hit by everything, fire, Floods, wind, snow, drought, and storms of increasing magnitude. But God did not do this. Mankind, the first creature on this planet, capable of bringing on its own destruction. Thank you. As we bring up Quentin Kerr, let's give Ken, Ken Chin another hand. So these are bits of stories that I have taken out because I didn't think they fit, but I still like them, so I sort of have messed with them for a bit, and I think they sort of stand on their own, but maybe not. <laughs> Her father, coming from Japan in the late 80s on scholarship and finding the continent roughly as wild and frantic as he had hoped, had dedicated himself to becoming American tough. He read Thoreau, London, Kerouac. He changed his name to William, then shortened it to Bill. He took a summer off after his master's degree, crisscrossing from the University at Bangor to California, and then up the coast and along the great Pacific Northwest. He climbed mountains, disappeared into strange stony chasms, 
camping alone beneath wide white skies. He met beautiful people who touched each other deeply and immediately and without reserve. Seekers and shamans, bums, beatniks, Europeans. It was a very liberating experience. Returning then to Bangor, he finished up a PhD, found a woman, and then, the story goes, found that woman pregnant. As soon as he could afford it, sooner, in fact, he bought land. It was a part of it, he explained, a necessary part of it. Her mother, too, had forests in her. They were the boreal forests of Quebec, and they had deer in them. She was okay with the idea of land ownership. She liked the idea of necessary parts. Let's give Quentin Care another hand. Bathing. She tries to read the steam of the bath, shifting with the candlelight. There are many around the ledges, and she whispers plans for the times to come, willing them from the places light meets shadow and the sweat of red skin finds water, merging places, transitioning places. Her hands try to touch the surface without ripple, thinking there, if everything could be still, order might be found. Her father's voice from years ago, never fall backwards, only forwards, use your hands. Then it was to keep her head safe. When the jumps were long and sand softened the blow, she worried her thoughts might leak. New palms had more to fertilize. Some can lift the weight of themselves. She could only bend. Spine reversed until she felt the earth otherwise, making a bridge of her belly an offer to whatever was above, a vessel of herself. An urgency calls for movement. She recalls something and the bottom of her lungs demand to be held. The woman prepares and lets her face burn underwater with clenched eyes. Not even a bubble should escape now. A single leg in the air and a begging rain made with the peak of a smoking heel. If she pushed hard enough, maybe someone would carry her between these places of later. She offers the sweat of her belly and palms drying so she would not slip in the sand. She did not know then but someday the seer would lick and offer directions to fall forward. She clasps her palms together and draws air again by candlelight so the flame pulls close. As we bring up uh, Aragani Singh, uh, let's give Layla Pavio-Chesimore another hand. Yeah, and you just heard readings by, uh, let's see, heard readings by, oh, here we go, I was on the wrong line, yeah, it wasn't making any sense, Ken Chin, uh, Quentin Care, and Layla Pavel Chisamore. In the first round of the January 7th and the Journey Continues monthly open mic reading in that series. Up next for, uh, from it, you're going to hear, as she was already introduced, 
uh, Ragini Singh, and uh, then Corey Toke, and Eric Folsom. ago uh, while studying for exams because I was sick of memorizing the elements on the periodic table. So. It's called intelligence. The ability to recite a definition after supergluing it to the roof of your brain is not intelligence. The attitude of memory consolidation and desire to learn is undermined by the craving and mistaken need to be defined by a mere integer or a dangerously disposable document. But why do we allow ourselves, self-aware, conscious, moral beings, to be distilled down, stripped of our ethical advances as a civilization, robbed of our cultural developments as a species, to be wringed out like a sponge and spat out on a sheet, a stale number? As if a character on a page measures dynamic self-worth, as if someone can fathom from this the complexities of our implicit memories, as if it provides any insight into the experiences or emotional strength a human may have. Infinite, ineffable qualities in our brain that we still have not been able to put into words. Time and time again, there's proof of other qualities of being of higher importance, how we are lured to those with X factors and deceived by attractive words dripping from others' ignorant mouths. They may not have imbibed various textbooks or be academic geniuses that solved queries surrounding time and space, yet we follow them blindly and allow them to dictate our lives. Why did they tell us how to live? Would they be considered intelligent because they have fooled all others around them and feigned a sense of hope and freedom for us all? Or does the value of intelligence change as you grow and once you're out in the real world, you realize it's backwards, that no amount of magniloquent confab can shield you from the acrid cold slap of bad luck. Opportunity and experience could be the cards you've been dealt, but cunning chance is the inevitable dealer. Thank you. Corey Toke, let's give Ragini Singh another hand. A better choice. I should be doing something productive. Cleaning the house, paying bills. Instead, I'm sitting here, watching my cat watch Starlings. Thank you. <laughs> Bring up Eric Folsom. Let's give Corey Toke another hand. I'm going to read another um, Jean Cocteau poem. This one's very short. It's a six line poem, so I'll read the original and then I'll read the other. My translation. Um, and in this instance, uh, the Jacob wrestling with the angel is this kind of metaphor for like, struggling to. Right, which you and I know is kind of a struggle sometimes. And it's also a bit of um, Cocteau's self-deprecating humor. But, of course, I know it's bad when you have to tell people ahead of time that it's going to be funny. 
Seigneur était du Zénith. Jacob lutte. Jacob lutte contre l'ange. Aussitôt l'ange se venge. Voilà le lutteur Watteau. De mes luttes maladroites, saute poème qui boite. Et moi, je boite comme eux. Jacob wrestles with the angel. Swift the angel turns the table. Voila the wrestler's lane. From my struggles maladroitly, out the poems come, limping slightly as if lame. And I'm the same. Let's give Eric Colson another hand. And you just heard readings by Ragini Singh, uh, Corey Toke, and Eric Folsom again in the first round of the January 7th. And the journey continues. Uh, reading held at the Yom Cafe. Uh, up next uh, from it, we're going to move into the final set. It's just two of us to finish out that first round that evening. And you're going to hear readings now by uh, Jordan Lane, a few comments by me, and then uh, my reading as well. So let's just do it. Is there anybody that came in and didn't? Oh, cool. Can I get your name? Uh, Jordan. Oh, it's you again. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Jordan Lane, let's bring him up. This one's called Man of War. Its sails crack and billow under the breeze. The prodding children pause, armed with sun-bleached sticks, listening for the smart of reproach. But the words for which this ship and its crew sacrificed their lives are too small, too cellular. Besides, who has the eyes to read the message furled in the mouth of the bottle, or read read history etched in a crystal membrane. So they move on to the next carcass, unimpressed with the stillness they mistake for silence. Jordan Lane, let's give him another hand. Before I read and we finish the first round, is there anybody else that came in and I missed or came in and I didn't see? Perfect. Just to give those, we went through this rather quickly. So there may be three rounds tonight, so I may do what I did. And we're going to take a break after this, is check and see who brought two poems, who brought three poems, and we'll go from there. I usually don't preface, but a lot of new faces here, most of you probably don't know, but especially the movie, I was like 14 or 15 when I saw the movie, Dr. Zhivago, and then trying to fumble through the book uh, at that age. Uh, the movie had a bigger impact on me, but it was definitely a turning point in my life, and I credit it as steering me towards poetry, at least, if not more. So every once in a while I write a poem about Zhivago. Uh, uh, so it's called Zhivago again. Oh, Pasternak, Zhivago, 
how you arrive again in these days in my dreams to comfort, to haunt. We both all torn inside outside from by family place, yours and my distant but somewhat parallel lives, each of us married to ink as much as flesh. And this morning, Boris, Yuri, Larissa, after I, the deserter, having crossed through blizzards over frozen tundra, left my steed dead along the way. I, stumbling, almost frozen, find myself as if surprised at last at the foot of your building with snow, wind-burnt eyes, looking up the stairs to the door of your flat, fumble to find your key and a note in that secret place in the wall. And I stand here trembling as I read it this morning, nearly frozen, nearly dead, almost home. Thanks. some people leave here during the break. I always do it at the end, but let's do it here again now. We've heard some wonderful readings so far already tonight. Let's get yourselves and everybody else another hand. And you just heard uh, readings uh, by Jordan Lane and uh, me and the final uh, readings in the first round of the January 7th and the Journey Continues uh, monthly open mic in that series held and at the Elm Cafe. Uh, there are two groups of poets. Well, there are two sessions of uh, uh, poets' uh, readings. So there are three rounds. There did end up being three rounds that night. Uh, we're going to hear the second round in the second hour. Essentially all the very same people as you heard here, but I'll introduce them as we get there. What I'd like to do now is I'm going to end this uh, with uh, some music this first hour as well. Uh, and uh, before I do that, though, I want to say you are listening to Find Your Voice here on CFRC 101.9 FM. My name is Bruce here every Friday afternoon from 4 to 6 and... Uh, Thanks again for tuning into the first hour. I hope you can stay tuned for more of the same in the second hour, very similar to this, um, basically all the same readers, as I mentioned. Uh, just a quick mention as well that each hour of this show each week is uploaded to my blog space for it shortly after I get home and uh, will remain there for years. And you can find it at finding a voice on cfrcfm.wordpress.com. I think I'm going to go with uh, this song. Uh, uh, I had never heard of the group. They're called the Choir of Young Believers. Uh, this uh, was, uh, and so I heard the song, and I really fell in love with it. Here they are with a song called Hollow Talk. Make sure I have everything on that I need. Here we go. Mm -hmm. 
Back to the beginning. Silence ceases a clouded room. Light is shed, not a breath too soon. Darkness rises in all you do. Starting to drown and cross the room. Special
Well, you know what? I think I'm going to have to see if I can clean. I don't know if I can even clean that CD or something. Anyway, I guess I, you probably heard the last time I'll be playing that song. So anyway, that was, again, uh, Hollow Talk by Choir of Young Believers. And uh, looks like it uh, maybe it just queued out because it was time for me to tell you that it is... Uh, to welcome you, I guess, into the second hour of today's show. It is about half a minute after 5 o'clock, and you are listening to Finding a Voice here on CFRC 101.9 FM. And we are located in Lower Carruthers Hall, Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario. My name is Bruce, here every Friday afternoon from 4 to 6. Uh, we do stream live online as well at www.cfrc.ca. And in this second hour, from again the January 7th, and the journey continues. Open mic reading. You'll hear uh, with the first round having just aired in the first hour. Uh, the second, you're going to hear the second round and the full, and I think two readings uh, off the third round. Uh, so with essentially the same poets, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, give them out here now that we're a little bit closer to it than we were in the first hour. The people you're going to hear, uh, their voices and poetry or prose, you're going to hear in this order. Uh, Ron Chase, uh, Nuard Tadavasian, Sasha Hill, Sarah Emtish, uh, Meg Freer, Bob McKenzie, Michael Castiles, Dale Tracy, Allison Wong, Ken Chin, Quentin Kerr, Leila Pavel, Chisamore, uh, Ragini Singh, Corey Toke. Eric Folsom, Jordan Lane, and me. And that's the second round, but then you're also going to hear again, because I did say in order, uh, the start of the third round, because it's just the way the grouping was, you're also going to hear in that third round Ron Chase and Nuard Tadavasian uh, at the very end of those readings. So uh, the usual hourly announcement, though, occasionally some poetry, spoken word, or music played on this show may contain strong language. It's all played in its entirety with content unedited to honor the creative integrity of both the author and the piece. Very good. Now, up again, then, we're going to uh, go back into, or go into, I guess, the start of the second round uh, at the January 7th, and the journey continues uh, open mic. Uh, and that monthly series held at the Elm Cafe. Uh, you're going to hear again uh, in that round readings in this grouping by Ron Chase, Sasha Hill, Nuard Tadavasian, and Sarah Emtish. Here we go. Welcome back, everybody. Over. Let's go ahead and start round two. Up first, Ron Chase. Let's bring him up. Different kinds of blind. You blind me in ways others can't see. On the corner of, the, of this isosceles nation, you said I was sad, that made me happy. At least you're paying attention, Sunbury. When you look at when you look back at me when I'm looking at you, we don't see the same thing. 
bring up Noir Tadavasian. Let's give uh, Ron Chase another hand. All right. Let's go ahead and bring up Sasha Hill in. Fossils. 
in its translation, crushed figs haunt the air. Ten pages are devoted to a description of ram's horns crumbling in the thicket of hawthorn, the spine discarded by wolves half a century ago. The only thing left to do is endure. As permanence is considered, obsidian grows beneath subterranean ribs, blooming like wild apricots. Let's give Noir Tadavasian another hand. Yeah, uh, this was one that, um, oh, when I did the Kickstarter for my first book, I uh, gave as a reward for people giving me money that I would write them a poem. And, uh, and so somebody asked me to write a poem about Cellar Door, because it's like a known as the beautiful phrase. Um, yeah, this is what I've got. <coughs> the snow dunes bloomed and blew and rose, and the wind whistled tunes that I'd heard long before on the path to the old cellar door. I plowed my way through, sinking deep with each step, and pushed my way through to where the olden days slept, so crypt-like I crept past the creak of the door. It was far deeper down than the wishing well, with a strangely hollow, earthy smell, and I was entirely under its spell before long. It was silent and deep as a sunken hull, and only those still in their childhood could stand straight or walk without striking their skull on the solid, dreaming beams of wood. And above those beams there were steps to be heard, with a groan and a scrape of linoleum floor, and it seemed like a whole different sphere from down here, in the world at the back of the old cellar door. Thank you. As we bring up Meg Freer, let's give Sarah Antish another hand. And you just heard readings by Ron Chase, Sasha Hill, Noir Tadavasian, and Sarah Antish in the Second round of the January 7th and the Journey Continues monthly open mic reading. Uh, up next from it, you're going to hear readings by Meg Freer, Bob McKenzie, Michael Castiles, and Dale Tracy. <laughs> Modulation. A window appears, built piece by piece around us the heart weighed against a feather. Step out of the frame. Sun streamers unroll, bows and arrows crowd the sky, crumpled paper thrown to the floor. The frame ascends. A ball spins on a finger, golden notes fly through the air, blinded by the ever-present sun. Our bodies press forward, inch across the floor of the future, earth edges away. Spirits of the dead, wear blue masks of isolation. Jugglers scatter balls across the floor. The frame descends. We drop molten tin into cold water, study the shapes it assumes, lurch past the downbeat of a new year, step back into the frame. Thank you. bring up Bob McKenzie. Let's give Meg Freer another hand. Uh, 
I'm back. I made it this far. Um, okay, again, I, I have books and CDs there if people want to buy them. Enable me to pay rent. Um, again, uh, from this book, Song Rise, uh, another piece written with words by me and music by Phyllis Lee. It's called The Silken Wind. Sliding down the sun like a sky-hung hawk in flight, I will follow you through this timeless space and ride the silken wind for you. Like a clipper ship on an endless sea of love, I will sail beyond all the worlds I know and ride the silken wind for you. Like a drifting leaf seeking some new home in fall, I will turn and turn through the, though the fires may flare and ride to silken wind for you. And by you obsessed, I will fly and sail and drift and will drown for you and will burn for you and ride to wind for you. bring up Michael Castiles. Let's give Bob and Kenzie another hand. This is chapter 75. When the rain began, I was still in bed. Its tapping against the window woke me before my alarm clock had the chance. It was 629. In one more minute, my alarm clock would ring. I reached over and flicked the switch to, de to, to de deactivate the alarm. I stared up at the ceiling and listened to the rain. The early morning light was dull and sleepy as it sifted through my curtains. I felt sleepy too. I'd only lost a minute, but it felt like I hadn't slept at all. I rolled out of bed, stretched and yawned, and headed downstairs. While I waited for the coffee to brew, I stood at the window and looked into the street, watched the sidewalk puddles grow, thought about my walk to the subway station. I'd be soaked for sure. The way the rain was coming down, it seemed like the sky was a permanent fixture. We were in it for the long haul. This became even more apparent once I was out in the thick of it. I struggled to keep myself within the safe space beneath my umbrella, but sudden gusts sprayed into my face. I lowered my head, trudged on, and though I walked with hurried steps, I did well at avoiding the puddles which had become numerous and deep. As I neared downtown, I noticed blue and red lights flashing against a building. My usual route to the subway led me right past them. Four police cruisers, an ambulance, and a large black SUV were tucked behind a yellow line of police tape. A small crowd gathered. They huddled beneath umbrellas, watching the scene as if it were a performance. I walked along the line but couldn't make out what had happened. I didn't have time to stop and find out. It would all be in the paper tomorrow anyways. I made it to the station, and to, to my surprise, I was still surprisingly dry. I shook off my umbrella and closed it. The station was already busy. I hurried along with the river of commuters. We flowed down the escalators and through the long tunnels, our shoes squeaking against the floor. We waited for the train in quiet anticipation, and when it arrived, we flowed into the hissing doorways and sat down. When I arrived at the office, a wide puddle had formed in front of the building. I knew my feet would be soaked, but there was no way around it. I stepped forward and plunged. The water was above my head. 
I swam to the surface, broke through with a gasp. The rain was pelting down. A streak of lightning split the sky. I looked all around, no land in sight. The waves were dark, choppy, and endless. I clung to my briefcase, which floated like a life preserver. Thank you. As we bring up Dale Tracy, let's give Michael Castiles another hand. in from accounting school to herald dawn. Days coming, they say. They don't check, but count on future occurring now, always. They're anxious to get back to figures, unaware they don't live without symbolizing it, in a coal mine, in the springtime, in our minds. A sign of continuance on wings is not to keep still, so it's new songs each morning to decode. The songbirds believe persistence. The sun rises, the song sings. The crow practices eliism. The crow, thought the crow, waits for when wisdom will have risen to its beak. The crows rise as the rays fall, and morning comes like cut free by sharp beak. Bring up Allison Wong. Let's give Dale Tracy another hand. Yeah, and you just heard readings by Meg Freer, Bob McKenzie, Michael Castiles, and Dale Tracy. In the second round of the January 7th and the Journey Continues monthly open mic reading in that series. And again, held always now at the Elm Cafe. Up next from it, you'll hear readings by Allison Wong, Ken Chin, and Quentin Kerr. I've got a preface this time. Uh, This poem is called 13 Ways of Looking at a Semicolon. Uh, It's written in the same structure of Wallace Stevens' poem, 13 Ways of Looking at a a Blackbird. I don't know if people know that one, but it's kind of cool. And I'm a writer, and I see people use semicolons wrong all the time, and it really bugs me. But besides that, the semicolon is a symbol of suicide prevention, so, yeah. One. Of parentheses, double dashes, colons, the most misunderstood was the semicolon. Two. Not a hard stop, but hard enough to feel in my bones. Three. Semicolons used almost as wrongly as gender labels by a staunch conservative. Four, a semicolon marks the end of a line of code. You're a human, not a computer. Five, semicolons on the lapels of suits. What the hell does that mean? It means there's another way out. Put away the sharpened points. Tuck them in like a safety pin. Six, They should put a semicolon instead of a dash in between the phone numbers to call when you're suffocating beneath a pile of just think positively or it's all in your head. Seven, wait out the storm. Let it weather the sharp edges into a pain more palatable. Give people time to digest. Eight, put a semicolon here, they told me. Remind yourself to take a breath. You're still breathing. 
Semicolons reminding the world, my ideas aren't over. I've got more to say and don't you forget it. 10. Your story is not over, they said, but there were so many who were never taught how to use a semicolon, so they ended their story instead. 11. Life is sacred, just like the semicolon. Spend it wisely. 12. Semicolons on either sides of words, supporters, advocates, allies. 13. Balanced on the edge between phrases, the semicolon is there, telling you to keep going. It's not over yet. As we bring up Ken Chin, let's give Allison Wong another hand. Late night, every night, out on my back porch, having a party by myself, party of one. With only the glow from my smoke and the moon and the stars, I sit back and unwind as the pungent fumes ride up, rise up, and take effect. The wife, peacefully sleeping away, now that I am finally home, after a long night at work, my time is mine, alone. No reason to hurry at this party of one. Where I work, a place for receptions, parties, weddings, where people dress up in their best clothes and eat and drink and dance the night away, while I work looking forward to my time on my porch with my party of one. I like going to parties like that, where there are lots of people having fun, but it seems to me, even when I'm at a crowded party, I'm still alone with my smoke having a party of one. Most of the people around me are concerned with only the things that affect them, the mundane things of everyday life. Their thoughts rarely go beyond a five-mile radius, which is fine, but it's not me. When I am out on my back porch, I look up to the stars and think, there's so much more out there. Thank you. As we bring up Quentin Gare, let's uh, give Ken Chin another hand. Something broke in Panama. Never knowing what it was, Emily had for a long time wondered if it could be fixed. Returning home to Montreal that first Christmas, finding her father upstairs in his office and a bed in there his fingers flickering at his papers, his textbooks, diagrams of wing forms, migration patterns, and as he talked, his body flickering too, shot through with nerves, his famous grin a gunshot now. Her mother downstairs in the TV room, cold tea, slippers, shows she had never watched, the doctors, the afternoon psychiatrists, gurus. The two of them took turns going out or using the kitchen took turns visiting her, too, in Toronto, her father sticking to the museums, libraries, the university, her mother having a little bit of fun, buying new earrings, black dresses, and flirting harmlessly with waiters, ordering drinks with funny names, once 
getting hilariously drunk and nearly passing out at the bar, giggling as Emily dragged her to a taxi and later vomiting in the toilet, wiping half-digested pasta from her chin, sweat shining on her forehead, glaring at her daughter. Can't I, can't I have a little bit of fun? Somehow, Emily thinks, somehow in somewhere something had been taken from her mother, and what was it, and how come no one had ever noticed? She was at this point 21, her mother just past 40. Chismore, let's give Quentin Care another hand. And you just heard readings by Allison Wong, Ken Chin, and Quentin Care. And uh, again, those in the second round of the January 7th uh, and the Journey Continues reading in that monthly series. Tell you what, I probably uh, should do this and then I'll be right back. The Kingston Community House for Self-Reliance, widely known as 99 York, has for 30 years been providing a central, low-cost meeting space for groups that allow like-minded people to come together to learn from one another, to share resources and trade skills. The goal of this house is to act as an integral part of the neighborhood in which it is located. On a typical evening, an autism caregiver relief group will be at 99 York, together with a 12-step organization and a transgendered support group while a social justice and homeschooling group may be booked in the following day. The community house is also available for less official functions, such as barbecues, birthday and office parties, and other social gatherings. We are proud to also serve the Queen's community. For more information, visit 99 York Street in Kingston. Go to www.99york.org, email info at 99york.org, or call 613-542-1136. Shirelli, here on CFRC 101.9, Monday nights at 7. which has offered service to youth in the Kingston area since 1974. The goals of the organization are to allow youth to take responsibility for their behavior, to reduce the number of youth involved in the young offender system, to reduce the number of people victimized by youth in our community, and to involve the community in youth corrections. The Youth Diversion Program believes that all members of our community have the responsibility to provide all youth 
with the opportunity to develop and grow to their fullest potential. They work in partnership with the community to develop quality programs to assist youth to make positive changes in their lives and at the same time take responsibility for their actions. Further information, call 613-548-4535 or email info at youthdiversion.com. Do you like to dance? Tune into The Hustle with DJ Bolt every Friday night between 11 p.m. and midnight. Where you'll hear all the newest dance, electronic, French touch, booty bass, ghetto, deep, and tech house remixes and more. Let The Hustle take you to midnight and beyond at 11 p.m. on 4 to the Floor Fridays. Only on CFRC 101.9 FM. And you are listening to Finding a Voice here on CFRC 101.9 FM. We are located in Lower Carruthers Hall, Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario. My name is Bruce, here every Friday afternoon from 4 to 6 o'clock. We do stream live online as well, www.cfrc.ca. And uh, you know what? I'm going to uh, throw a little music on again. Uh, this is, uh, somebody gifted me this just before the holidays. A uh, long time ago, I had some Simon and Garfunkel albums, but uh, I've never owned one of their CDs, and so somebody gave me a CD as a gift. So let's go ahead and do America off of their greatest hits album, Simon and Garfunkel. scenery 
She read her magazine and rose over an open field. Kathy, I'm lost, I said, though I knew she was sleeping. And you just heard uh, Simon Garfunkel with uh, their song called America. And you are listening to Finding Your Voice here on CFRC 101.9 FM. Uh, let's go ahead and move back into that second round of the January 7th and the Journey Continues open mic reading in that monthly series held at the Yom Cafe. Up next in it, uh, you're going to hear readings by Layla Pavel Chisamore. Ragani, uh, Ragani Singh, Corey Toke, and Eric Folsom. This is another poem for the person I love. Here then. When you leave my bed, my home, the backs of my toes scream, beckoning something like the lapping tum- tongue of the carpet and hardwood. I spread them as if hands and grope for even the loose thread torn from your sweater that has fallen. Nothing is unimportant, and I breathe the places where you were, faces in pillows and blankets of the couch. I lick the handle of the kettle and grasp light switches in my teeth. Pupils dance in line with the sweeping gestures of my feet. Bring up Ragini Singh. Let's give Layla Pavel Chismore uh, another. The clouds started solving shadowy hues because I told them today that I missed you. Droplets sprinkle and windows leak. They race against those running down my cheek. Time mists over your gentle embrace. For my memories fail me and your touch is erased. Like a car running over a puddle of rain, the present tramples me, my heart writes in pain. The weather now is just but a spray, but inside my longing still thunders away. As 
as we bring up Corey Toke, let's give uh, Ragini Singh another hand. Sorry, telling Nicole. Stone face. She smirks across Sidonia, appraises our approach, imbued, supposedly, with the sacred. She claims rights of judgment. We answer each charge, our advocate fire. No deity's death curse rises as fissures split her features. Sheer boulders from nose, cheekbones, eye sockets, jaw. Her judgment silenced, eternity's begun. Thank you. my place there. As we bring up Eric Folsom, let's give Corey Toke another hand. Okay, I've made so many edits here, I might get confused. Say it. Saying goodbye in a phone call, I spoke three words, repeated them a day later in an email, lightheartedly, with a casual tone, since we both recognize that we're not having a romance. Yet those words impulsively persist in blooming, even though from your lips they are rare and short-lived. Practical person, Protected by common sense, your diligent silence draws my attention. Am I aggressive, vocalizing my feelings, hot emotions, exposed by public nakedness? Shall I be happy your feelings and mine diverge, or is the owl in flight silent by design? Chisamore, Ragini Singh, uh, Corey Toke, and Eric Folsom in the second round of the January 6th, 7th, and the Journey Continues monthly open mic reading held at the Elm Cafe. Uh, up next in it, and uh, we're going to finish up again, as I mentioned at the top of the hour, uh, the second round, and just move slightly into the third round. Uh, second round readings uh, will be by Jordan Lane and me, and then you're going to hear readings by uh, Ron Chase and Nuard Tadavasian. So here we go with those. Uh, this one's a bit longer. It's called Extinction Songs. A blare of seahorns and the thick stink of burnt diesel rise in plumes that eclipse salt cries of gulls. 
freighters leaving the docks bear the sticky weight of civilization while Macronetides bides his time. The long swimmer, this prince of the Cape, waits for the ocean to grow his reign and sees the shore disappear and reappear a little less every tide, a little more is lost to the sea's slow mastication. Rust streaks down the croaking steel mass of ships and their empty containers. Wind whistles a tune in their halls and holds and crevices and portholes, a jaunty lament for abandoned moonlight prisoners. The song climbs up the wind's back to meet the forgotten language of birds, drawing from the night sky a thousand hungry disembodied pearls with its Octavian rhythms. Not so much as a cup in our nation's bowels to wash down the acid conflicts or bitter desiccations, so we return to the hulls and holds that made us, the chrysalides swaying by the coasts. Sheltered under the bygone grandeur of American desires, we enjoy for the last the better waters of abundant saline boiled clean. And while the flooded world rots, carrion birds feast like kings singing songs of extinction. That's Jordan Lane. Let's give him another hand. I'm going to read, and then we're going to go right into round three. So this is called Mirror. Surrounded today again by young people here in a large university cafe, mid-morning, students completely filling it. I came here simply for coffee and to write poetry, not in that order, but am reminded now of myself and writing back in that time, my own youth, my poetry then reflective, introspective, same as now, but then perhaps a bit more rebellious, a bit less structured, a bit more random, edgier. And I'm just here this morning missing my younger life, my careless, carefree poetry. It all reminding me now that in either poem or life, that in any first draft there, more mirror-like than even polished diamond, ah, that first draft, it but the sharpest coal shines brightly, burns. Bring up Ron Chase. Her cage. She looks at him through her invisible bars. You can almost believe. The pounding in his chest sounds like freedom. The stupid smile on his face resembles happiness. 
His spirit once again unfurls its wings like a dove in the morning sun, absorbing the warmth of her light. He can almost believe. She knows the right words. She knows the right things. She tries to take flight, but returns to her cage and places the key to her imaginary door back in her pocket and dreams of clear blue skies. Thanks. As we bring up Noir Tadavasi and let's give Ron Chase another hand. He told me I looked Praxitelian. Often truth adorns the mirror, sometimes a vagueness on the window pane, but I was hungry for her. I sank my teeth into her palm. She used to feed me, but now I starve, mouth against the pillow where the feathers eat my secrets and my heart's desire. There is a new cliche for the young romantic. My hair is tangled rather than tuzzled. I cannot afford nightgowns trimmed in white lace. Sleep is a surrender rather than a ritual. Secondhand bed sheets make a tombstone from my nose while I suffocate in your secondhand scent, the hand-me-down sweat. Still, I dream of tenderness, and the guilt soaks into the loneliness like salt. Thank you. As we bring up Sarah Emtage, let's give Noir Tadavasian another hand. And you just heard readings by Jordan Lane and me in the second round, and then Ron Chase and Noir Tadavasian, uh, Tadavasian in the very beginning of the third round, uh, again at the January 7th, and the journey continues monthly open mic reading held at the Elm Cafe. Uh, there isn't enough time to go into the, th the third round, uh, so I'm saving that for next week. So even though Sarah was mentioned, uh, unlike the other ones where I've broken it, and, uh, and after like the three or four or five readers, uh, you knew that they were coming up within a few minutes. Well, you're going to have to wait a week uh, for her, her, her next one. So, and uh, there are. Uh, I usually I did allow extra time uh, because I wouldn't have time to finish this event uh, to air. Uh, I wanted to allow extra time, I guess what I'm trying to say, is to air a number of upcoming events and calls for submissions, uh, some of which are expiring fairly quickly. But again, I wanted to get back into the old groove, too, of uh, having a couple of songs in each hour. And uh, I would normally save this for the end, but I think it might actually work out better now, so I will close up the show with a bunch of uh, sharing a bunch of calls for submissions or participation and uh, upcoming events uh, after I air this uh, recording and this is uh, it's, it's a group I kind of like uh, in fact I do like quite a lot uh, they are trip hop uh, I believe is what they would call them 
Uh, somebody just turned me on to trip hop about 10 or so years ago. I didn't know what it was. So this is Portishead. Song is Wandering Star. Yeah, I'm in the wrong section here. Let's try this again and get the right thing on. Here we go.
heard Portis Head with the song called Wandering Star. And uh, you're listening to Finding a Voice here on CFRC 101.9 FM. Uh, I've got some submissions uh, or or calls at least, let's put it that way, uh, that are going to expire. Essentially, two of them expire tomorrow, so I definitely want to get those out uh, to you. Uh, I may come back to the other two because they expire the end of next week. So I may just do all four of those. How's that? Uh, the two uh, calls, you know, the one's an annual call. It's Union Gallery there, uh, and it's for Cezanne's uh, uh, Closet 2020. Uh, their the call is out for artwork donations. Uh, they're currently accepting submissions of donated artwork for their uh event that will be held on february 8th tomorrow is the last day you can drop them off at uh, union gallery and uh, don't worry uh, i believe they're in the middle of and uh, setting up a new exhibition uh, but the doors are still open and you can drop off your work there check out their website if you have any questions so uh, and it's uniongallery.queensu.ca and another one that is tomorrow, uh, there was actually a registration, but it's not saying that it was required to register. I think they just uh, suggested it to make sure you got a seat. But this is going to also be held uh, at, uh, is it held? Yeah, it's held at the Union Gallery as well. That's going to be a busy place tomorrow. Uh, there is a call for participation. It's a, in a workshop, uh, and it's uh, an upcoming, it says, uh, Exhibition Submissions Workshop, uh, and uh, their question was intimidated by gallery and artist-run center submission processes. Don't know where to start. Unsure of what to write. We're here to help. So that's what the workshop is about. Uh, and uh, I think it's part of a series. I don't think you need to ch- attend them all. Uh, the workshop is free. Uh, it is going to happen tomorrow from 1 to 3 o'clock in the Union Gallery again. And this is also being uh it's jointly presented by modern fuel uh, artist run center so you can check www.modernfuel.org or again uniongallery.queensu uh, for more information both of those things are happening tomorrow uh there is uh, juniper is a poetry journal 
Uh, they only are only open for submissions during January, May, and September. So January 31st is coming up. I would suggest that you check out uh, their website and see if you think you might have something you might like. It's juniperpoetry.com. And uh, then uh, Arc Poetry Magazine's Poem of the Year contest says it's among the richest in Canada, awarding $5,000 to the winning poet. Uh, check, um, I'd check their link for more details. Their deadline is actually got an extra day, uh, February 1st. So you've got a week on these last two, but the first two are happening tomorrow. I'll, ha- I'll spend definitely spend some more time next week uh, going over that uh more and incorporating more things that are going to be going on i will allow more time next week for all of this uh there is a weekly uh writing uh writers group uh that uh meets every wednesday evening uh from september 1st through july 31st so just not the month of august uh they meet at uh, stoffer library and uh they go. They cover everything: fiction, poetry, nonfiction, memoir, all represented. They say, uh, and they spend the evening critiquing and supporting one another's writing. And uh, the next one coming up will be this coming Wednesday, January 29th, 7 p.m. If you're interested or curious, contact uh, D. Pratt, P-R-A-T-T, 1939 at hotmail.com, and. Uh, it's in room 239 of Stoffer Library. Uh, coming up, see what I've got for time here. Yeah, uh, I'm going to do this, and this is probably as far as I'm going to get, but this one's coming up tomorrow as well. Uh, there's a Hot Chocolate Charity Series, and it's a series that's been going on for just over a year now, uh, now organized by Haley Sarfeld and uh, Anthea Fever. Uh, they It's for charity. It's $10 suggested or pay what you can doors open at two music starts at 215 tomorrow uh, january 25th from 2 to 4 p.m at the community house 99 york street there is also i should mention queen's poetry slam is coming up uh, uh, wednesday uh, they meet the last wednesday night of the month their event and always at the grad club uh, 162 Berry Street, so it runs this Wednesday, January 29th from 8 to 9.30 p.m. Uh, doors at 7.30. There is also an event coming up at, uh, at uh, it's through, it's going to be at the Toucan on Thursday night at uh, 7.30 to 11. Check out their Facebook page. It's called QUESS, so, so it's by the Education Student Society of Queen's U., uh, it's an open mic. Uh, the, the, it's going to be open mic poetry, featured poetry, and music after that. So uh, check out. Uh, they've got an event page. Uh, just go Q-U-E-S-S factor dash open mic edition. Again, thanks for tuning in to CFRC 101.9 FM. Uh, hope you can tune in next week. We're going to continue with that, and I'm going to have some more things going on. Have a great weekend. Performers, get ready. Come on, everyone. Yep. Off the grid. Cue lights. Cue sound. Cue video. Go.
Electronics Kingston, your source for DJ gear and live band gear rentals for Kingston and the surrounding area. Brands such as Pioneer, Techniques, Rain, and so much more. New digital and vintage analog in stock for rental. Full white glove delivery, setup, operate, and loadout services for theater, dance floors, and live music festivals. Q Electronics, lighting, sound, and video. Look us up on Facebook for more. Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, Ontario at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. The CFRC Podcast Network at podcast.cfrc.ca is brought to you by the generous support of the Queen's University Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences. 